Hi, thanks for joining us at Soul Career. I'm Lysandra Rickards, and today I'm doing a solo episode about my big decision to leave my first soul career as CEO of the Branson Center Caribbean in order to pursue my next soul career. When we talk about leaving a job, usually we hear stories about people who left jobs they hated, but we don't hear a lot of stories about people who left jobs that they loved. And I really love my job at the Branson Center Caribbean. I got to teach, I got to travel, I had this massive platform and this huge brand behind me, and I, I got to experience work that I really loved. So why did I leave? Because the call to do something different, something more, was even greater than the call to stay. And it's as simple as that and as complex as that. So today I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story in case you haven't heard it before, how I found the Brazil Center, what I learned there, and my decision to leave, of course. And then I'm gonna end with giving you five tips to leaving a job you love. So let me start at the beginning. When I first left Jamaica to go abroad for college, I wanted to study economics so that I could become Minister of Finance and change the economy so that me and my friends would want to stay in Jamaica and raise our families together there. And so I went to the University of Chicago and studied economics and did the hardest classes possible in order to get into a great economics PhD program so that then I could become Minister of Finance and save Jamaica. <laughs> And while I was doing these really hard classes, I burnt out by the end of the second year. And I decided to take up the study, the study abroad program in Spain for one year in order to get away from Chicago and just dial it back a bit, travel and feel like myself again and get off of this achievement treadmill and just take a breather before I burnt myself completely out. And so I ended up in Spain in my third year. I lived in the south of Spain in Seville. And I love Spain because it's a country where it's not so much about what you do for a living as it is about how well you live. So I learned for the first time how much I loved art and architecture and history and having a sangria on a lawn with my friends and traveling all over Europe, sometimes by myself. And I felt my the core of who I am when I just took a step back from all of the achievement and really listened to who I was and what I wanted to do. So that was how I spent my third year. For my final year in college, I returned to the University of Chicago and picked back up my original plan of doing a PhD in economics and becoming Minister of Finance for Jamaica. And I ended up working, after I graduated, I ended up working with one of my college professors who actually authored the book Freakonomics, and I was his research assistant for one year working on his second book, Super Freakonomics. And he was actually the one who said, Lysandra, you have too much personality to be an academic and end up in a PhD program. You should go to business school. You should be a CEO. He actually said those words to me. And so I took his advice and I started applying to business schools and I ended up applying to one business school in the United States because what I really wanted to do was go back to Spain and do a graduate program there. So the one university I applied to in the US was Harvard Business School. And incidentally, I got in. Steve, the author of Freakonomics, he wrote me a great recommendation and that helped me to get into this amazing institution. And, you know, I didn't tell anybody I got into Harvard for a while because 
I didn't want external pressure around my decision to go or not because I was really drawn to go back to Spain. But in the end, once you get into HBS, you have to go, and I did. And right before I started my first year at HBS, I got invited by CNBC to participate in a documentary that marked the 100 year anniversary of HBS. And I was featured as this Jamaican girl from an island that got into the big, big Harvard Business School and <laughs> was going there. So they came to Jamaica, they followed me around as I said my goodbyes and I packed in my bags and, and left. And incidentally, when I look back at that documentary, what I said in it was that I wanted to come back to Jamaica and help create a venture capital industry here because there was none that existed. This was back in 2008 that I recorded this documentary and it aired in 2009 and I got so many messages of encouragement from Jamaicans around the world that had seen it and from people in Africa and Europe and Asia who were really, really inspired by the story. Um, which is really amazing. So, you know, the big thing to do when you're in business school is to get that summer internship that's gonna line you up for success for the rest of your life. So I did 23 mock interviews for management consulting and ended up getting an internship at Bain & Company in New York City. And at the time, their office was smack in the middle of Times Square, right under the New Year's Eve ball. And I was there and I felt like, well, this is what everyone does at business school. They get into management consulting. Have I made it? Um, I ended up working in the private equity group at Bain and & Company. And this was the middle of the recession now. This was summer of 2009. It was chaos in the markets. And so I ended up working for a hedge fund doing their due diligence on distressed debt opportunities for them to invest in while the market was crashing all around us. And so we did due diligence after due diligence. We did long hours. I felt a little bit that I was a banker at that point over that summer. Um, and so I realized by the end of the internship that this wasn't for me. It was somebody else's dream that I was living. It wasn't the dream that I had for myself. I just didn't feel connected to the work. Bain is an amazing organization and I had amazing people on my team and so on, but the work itself, I just wasn't passionate about doing due diligence on distressed debt investments in private equity. Once you get into the private equity group at Bain, you know, you're set up for life. That is a way to get into a proper private equity firm and be rich after that. So it was really sad that I just wasn't connected to the work and that this just was not what I wanted to do. And the thing is, I had no idea what I actually did want to do. Um, so I went back to business school after the internship and I felt completely lost. I interviewed for a few places for after graduation, but I was unenthusiastic about everything because I had no idea what would light me up and what would make me come alive. And so I made the decision to move back to Jamaica to figure it out. And I graduated from HBS, all this fanfare and prestige and glamour. And I ended up moving back to my parents' house in Jamaica, back into the room that I grew up in for my whole life and that I left when I was 18 years old. And I felt like I had fallen from this great height. And I thought to myself, what was the point of all of that? 
for me to just return to exactly where I started when I was 18. And so I became very down about it, you know, and questioning myself and why did I even like business? You know, why did I even do business school? What do I like? And I took one job and I left it after about a year. I took another job and I left it after a year and a half. And I was like, well, that's it. I don't like business at all. I'm just going to become a travel blogger, move to Europe, waitress to pay my way, maybe become a bartender. And um, that was my plan, just to figure out what I loved doing because for people like me, and maybe you're like me if you're listening to this podcast, we can't just do work for the money. We have to do work that we enjoy and that we love. And that was my plan you know, save up money, buy a plane ticket, move back to Spain, become a waitress and travel blog on the side. And just when I left my last job that I tried, Lisa Lake, the former CEO of the Branson Center, sent me this email with job openings that they had. And there was one for a part-time trainer for entrepreneurs, three days a week, helping entrepreneurs learn business principles and possibly get funded. And I was like, well, yeah, I can do that. That looks fine. The pay wasn't the greatest, but I would do it for a little bit, like six months, and then execute on my plan to move to Europe and become a travel blogger. I ended up staying there for seven years because I had found a sole career, finally. So why did I stay so long? Why did I stay for seven years? Because every year was different. We went from training people once a week in person in Montego Bay, driving four hours each way because I was based in Kingston, driving there, driving back every single week to now doing online training, online courses, to moving to a hybrid online and in-person model. We opened in the British Virgin Islands. I got to teach others and I got to learn from others. We had an amazing, passionate team who loved what we did. We had a beautiful office. I got to travel to London and South America and around the Caribbean, and I just loved it. I really just came alive through that work. So after four years of doing this work that I loved, I became CEO and everything changed again. Now I had to evolve personally in a major way in order to do this job well. And gosh, so much happened that first year. I moved the center from Montego Bay to Kingston, which meant that I had to say goodbye to this Montego Bay team that I had loved, hire a brand new team based in Kingston. While we were doing that, we had to look for a new office in Kingston and we found one that was a concrete shell warehouse style of office. And so we had to put in floors and paint the walls and put in furniture and add a new bathroom and put in railings and build out the space to the brand values and according to our brand guidelines. And while we were doing that, we were also planning three launch events in one day because we secured Richard Branson to come to the space to help us relaunch it. And so we planned a lot of things with him. And actually, I remember 4 a.m. the day that Richard was supposed to arrive was when our sign went up over the door at the center. And the paint was still drying on the walls when we had these launch events at the center with Richard. And then after that, oh my gosh, I felt so exhausted. I wanted to just collapse. This happened in June 2017. 
and then we were just starting to learn how to work as a team. The whole new team was in place by August of that year. And the first week in September, the British Virgin Islands got slammed by a Category 5 hurricane that wiped out all our operations there, that we couldn't find our team member there for three days. We had 18 entrepreneurs on the ground there. And so we went into emergency mode, recovery mode, relief mode. So my first year was, wow, <laughs> it was a baptism by fire. <laughs> but I had to learn now how to go from managing an individual department or being an individual contributor to now looking at the whole system and managing everything at once and expanding my mind to be able to have the capacity to look at all parts of the business at one time, know what was going on, know what needed to happen, triage this, work on that, strategize here. And it was a real learning experience and I've grown so much through it. So my second year now, presented another challenge, another learning experience, which was how did we get this new team to really work together and gel together as a team? And I had to really learn that leadership wasn't just about setting a strategy and having KPIs and following up and tracking and making sure we were hitting targets. It was about bringing this team together, about being accessible, about being emotionally there for my team, about coaching the team and really sharing my knowledge with them to enable their own personal growth and enable them to achieve their dreams through the Brands Center, through the work that we were doing. And I don't think I knew this at first. And it took me a while to really figure out that that was what was needed for me as a leader, that all my team members had signed on to coming under my leadership at the Branson Center. So it wasn't until later that year that I really understood what it meant to lead. And then my third year, this year, was finally when everything started coming together. A team, we had learned each other and we were starting to work well together. We had a new strategy targeting a new entrepreneur, a scale up now instead of a startup. And that was starting to bear fruit. And we were seeing high caliber entrepreneurs come through the program, starting to look for funding, starting to be more fundable. And the investors were giving us feedback that these entrepreneurs were looking really, really good. And we were now trying to shift to, okay, investors, now it's time for you to give capital to these entrepreneurs. And I got a chance to travel more and to speak more on behalf of the center. And I really feel like this third year was when I started coming into my own and feeling like, okay, I'm a CEO now, right? So why did I choose this year of all years to leave this job and move into another part of my life? Why would I choose now when everything finally felt like it was coming together? And the answer is very personal. It is that I turned 35 in May of this year and I wasn't prepared for how much of a shift I would feel internally during this milestone birthday. I started to think about five years from now when I'm 40, what do I want my life to look like at 40 years old? Who do I want to be and what changes do I need to make in order to manifest that vision that I have for my life five years from now. And actually, I went back to Spain this year for the first time in 15 years. And this happened early in May before I turned 35. 
and I set foot back into this country that had been my home so many years ago and I felt joy, I felt life, I felt like wow I remembered why I loved it so much all those years ago. It was an overwhelming sensory experience. The art and the architecture and the food and the wine and the culture and the flamenco and the dancing and the people and I just felt like this is life. This is life and it, it made me think about my life in Jamaica which was work, gym, home, work, gym, home, you know? I'd gotten into this great routine, but once I break, once I broke out of it, I felt like there's more life out there for me and I need to go after more life. So I came back to Jamaica, I had my 35th birthday and I waited for this feeling to pass of craving more life and that there was more I could do in the world, more to see in the world, more to experience in the world. I waited for that feeling to pass and for me to calm down and get back to my work and get back to my routine. And month after month passed and the feeling would not go away. It was just growing and growing. It became a compulsion. It became a screaming in my head that, Lysandra, it's time. It's time to take life by the reins and try something different. And so I had a board meeting July 18th this year and I ended up giving six months notice to my board telling them that I had gone to Spain and felt life and I need to go after life a little more and unfortunately I'm going to make the decision to leave the Branson Center after seven years of working there. So after I told the board, I immediately felt like I had dropped this bomb in the middle of my life and shook it to its core. And I started to question myself. Did I just ruin my entire life? Did I just ruin everything I've worked so hard for, everything I've built here? What am I thinking following this compulsion that was inside me? Am I Have I gone mad and completely crazy? And I ended up becoming an insomniac for two or three weeks. I could not sleep. I just was thinking over and over and over, what had I done? Was it the right thing? Should I backtrack? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I felt like the ground beneath me had moved. And I want to pause here to just say to you guys that when you make a massive decision in your life, it's not all smooth sailing. You question yourself, you experience doubt, you may become an insomniac like I did. And what really helped me through this period of uncertainty was I had a mindset coach at the time and he did this exercise with me where I had to imagine myself one step from now. What was the next step from here? And imagine myself the second step out and the third step out and then imagine myself at the ideal place that I want to be and how did I feel and what did it look like and how was I, what, what mental, what thoughts was I having when I was in my ideal space and then we came back today and we did this over and over moving forward through time and coming back to the today, moving forward through time, coming back to today until I realized today in the present moment that I could have all those feelings that I would feel in the future at my ideal life situation. I could experience them 
right now. And after that exercise, I finally came to peace with the decision that it was right to me, right for me. And I felt at peace with it ever since. And the closer I get to my end date at the Branson Center, the more I feel that yes, this is the right thing. This is the right time. The center is in the right place for me to go. And it's time for me to see what more I can do in the world. And so that brings me to what do I do next? Everybody's been asking me that. Where do I go from here? Well, as most of you know, um, I in 2018, I started thinking about what else can I do outside of the Branson Center just to diversify my activities so my life wasn't just Branson Center and home. It was There was something else that I was creating just for me. And you guys know that I launched Soul Career with my brother this year. We started planning it in 2018 and we launched it this year. And it's been growing and we've gotten so much satisfaction from the clients that we've been working with. And so I definitely want time and space to be able to do that really well and to devote the next few years to trying to build this company into something great. We have a lot of ideas for where we could go from here. So I'm excited to take that on. But outside of what I want to do work-wise, what I really want to use this time in my life to do is to not have so much structure like I've had for the past few years, to live in a little bit of uncertainty, to explore other cities and to have a, have a location independent life a little bit and write more, finish my book and find out what else is in me to come out and maybe meet someone and get married and have a baby. Who knows, right? I just want to be open to all possibilities and not have, um, not have to be rooted to one place, but be able to explore what I want to do next. So that's what the next phase of life will be for me. It's not fully planned out. It's quite uncertain still. I don't recommend doing that if you need a lot of structure, but I am a free spirit. I'm an ENFP, according to Myers-Briggs, which is one of the most nomadic, unstructured personality types that you can find. And I've had a lot of structure for the past few years, and now I'm very excited about having a little less structure. But if you're someone that needs structure, don't follow this plan, okay? Don't follow this path. I have an action plan in the course that I teach for you to do it in a much more structured way. But for me, what I was craving right now was less structure, more uncertainty, more adventure, more freedom, and seeing who I could become and what I could birth into the world from this place of freedom and possibility. So the last thing I'll say before getting to my five tips for leaving a job you love is this experience has really taught me about my relationship with risk. And what does it mean to take such a big risk in your life to try to live out the vision that you have for who you want to be? And it was hard for me at first to really come to terms with moving from certainty of income, having a prestigious platform and an amazing brand behind me, to thinking about who am I without all of that. I mean, the, the threat of going broke has scared the daylights out of me, I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't want to lose all my savings and go broke. <laughs> so I had to come up with a mitigation strategy for that. Also, this idea that who am I without the brand center? What's my identity? What is my 
role on the world and can I build my own identity and public persona separate from this amazing brand? And so for the first risk of going broke, um, I thought about a number of mitigation strategies like should I get a part-time job? Should I take on consulting work? Or should I try to raise money and do soul career properly? And that's the path that I'm going to go on right now, trying to raise money for it. But I would explore the other options too, consulting and so on, if that doesn't work out. The other issue of what is my, who am I without a platform as big as the Branson Center and the Virgin brand? I am just gonna want have to figure that out and i am excited about figuring that out and building my own brand in the world and building the soul career brand in the world so i'm actually quite excited about that um but it does give me pause that i'm now stepping away from the cocoon that this brand gave me and now stepping out onto my own so if you're gonna take a big risk too you have to think about what are the risks what makes me nervous what's making me scared and how can i manage some of those risks and how can I have a good relationship with risk so that I can be as much as I, can, I have the potential to be in this world. That's something we all have to ask ourselves. Okay, so here are my five steps to leaving a job you love. Step one, make sure you really want to leave. Journal about it, meditate, ask for guidance, and sit on the idea for a few months before taking action and really understand, is this really what you want? Step two, if it's really time, make a plan. I had a six month plan in Trello with all the steps and activities I needed to do to prepare for this big move. And I highly recommend planning as a way to ease your mind and to help you figure out what exactly you need to do to, in order to make this big shift. Step three, prepare for the downside. There is going to be a downside whenever you take a big step to shake up your life. And it's going to be emotional and mentally draining. You're going to have doubt. You're going to question yourself. You're going to go through the whole range of emotions from excitement to fear to sadness to mourning and grief for what you lost. I wasn't prepared for the amount of grief I would have leaving my team and my company. There's so much grief around that. So be prepared for that and get help if you need it. You don't have to do it by yourself. And I strongly recommend getting a coach or a therapist to help you through it. Step four, take action. Take massive action and keep working towards your plan and have your vision of who you want to be and where you want to be carry you through the action taking part. You won't get to who you want to be without taking the massive action. Step five, resist the temptation to return to the default. Resist the temptation of returning to who you used to be because you are going to be a new person now. Fully commit to being that new person and don't go back. Don't listen to peer pressure or your family or friends saying, but, 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 no. Resist that temptation and keep moving forward. So I'm gonna sum up everything that we talked about today by saying that taking a big risk to change your life at 35 or at 40 is very different from doing it in your 20s. We have so much more to lose. 
we've built up networks and communities and credibility in the path that we're on. And that is a lot to walk away from. But if you have a vision in your head of who you want to be, that vision is propelling you forward. So commit to it and keep it in mind as you go through the ups and downs of making such a big decision. And we might fail, right? But what we have to do is look at the possibility of failure, stare it in the face and say, I will continue moving forward even with that risk of failure. I feel alive with possibility right now. I feel ex exuberant and that this journey will be exhilarating because it's a challenge, because I don't know what's going to happen, because the possibility of failure exists. That's what makes life worth living. That is what makes things exciting. So that's my story. That's how I came to this decision. I hope you got something from listening to it today. And if you want to work with us at Soul Career to help you find your own soul career, send us an email at info at soulcareer.com. And we will see you on the next episode.